Welcome to the Climate Report on Forward Radio, WFMP 106.5 FM, Louisville. This is Hart Hagen, your host, and we are on episode number 226. Today's topic is Bernie Sanders' Green New Deal, part 27. We're most of the way through Bernie Sanders' Green New Deal, and we're going to keep on going through it. take about another 10 episodes to get through it. There's some really good stuff between now and the end, so I hope you'll uh, stick with it. The Climate Report, uh, by the way, if you have not, each episode stands alone. You do not have to listen to previous episodes to understand what I'm talking about. So, the Climate Report is a daily radio show and podcast that asks the question, WTF, who's running the world and why do they want to ruin it for the rest of us, including their own children? The Climate Report is a thorough examination of how to solve the problem of climate change. It is also your definitive source for information and analysis related to the Green New Deal. So please email info at theclimatereport.net if you have any questions whatsoever about the Green New Deal. On the Climate Report, we question everything we've ever been taught about American politics, American history, the American economy, the American free enterprise system, American culture, the role of the United States on the world stage, the true relationship of the United States government with the people of the United States, and who really runs the show. We question everything we've ever been taught. The views expressed on this show are those of the speaker and no one else. If you have any comments, questions, or feedback, please email info at theclimatereport.net. When we left off last time, we were in a section of Bernie Sanders' Green New Deal, which is called A Just Transition for Frontline Communities. Now, a just transition is the idea that we need a massive mobilization to get from where we are to where we need to go. And it is fair for that mobile, for the burdens of that mobilization to not fall disproportionately on any one group of people, especially those of limited means, those that are vulnerable. So we talk in terms of a just transition for frontline communities, a just transition for minorities, a a just transition for workers in the fossil fuel industry. So we're in a section of Bernie's Green New Deal called a just transition for frontline communities. And that section has things like, as President Bernie will ensure an inclusive, comprehensive process from start to finish as opposed to a process that's top-down and not inclusive. We talk about things like following environmental justice principles. We're going to ensure a full and equal enforcement of all environmental, civil rights, and public health laws and aggressive prosecution of violators. We're going to ensure that Green New Deal jobs and job training resources are made available to low-income and disadvantaged communities equitably, and we're going to ensure equal access to clean energy, electrification, efficiency, 
and transportation funding grants and other incentives. We're going to focus on job training and local hiring to reflect the racial and gender diversity of the community receiving federal investments. Now we get to a section, and this is all as President Bernie will do the following. So, as President Bernie will extend civil rights protections to ensure full access to the courts for poor and minority communities to seek legal protections by overturning the Sandoval Supreme Court decision that set an unreasonable burden of proof of racism for claims of environmental racism, including disparate and cumulative exposure to environmental health risks. So this Sandoval was a Supreme Court decision that made it harder to prove environmental racism. It should be much easier in our country to prove environmental racism. It should be much easier in our country to prove that people of color are being disproportionately impacted by the operations of a business. So essentially it is saying here that as President Bernie will make it easier to prove claims of environmental racism. Next item, item J under as President Bernie will do the following. Follow the principles of environmental justice adopted at the first National People of Color Environmental Leadership Summit. The goals and outcomes of the Green New Deal should continue to be developed under the GEMA's principles for democratic organizing. I don't know if that's pronounced GEMA's or HEMA's, J-E-M-E-Z. It's a place in New Mexico, and I'll, I'll tell you in a minute about the GEMA's or HEMA's principles for democratic organizing. So the goals and outcomes of the Green New Deal should continue to be developed under the GEMA's principles for democratic organizing with strong and consistent consultation with the communities most affected by the currently unequal enforcement of environmental laws. So the idea here is that if your community is being adversely impacted by environmental conditions, what is anybody going to do about it? So the GEMA's principles are principles for democratic organizing, and Bernie is saying that he will facilitate the uh, you know community organizing so that people's needs can be addressed. And the GEMA's principles for democratic organizing came out of a conference that occurred in December of 1996. Uh, and they developed these principles, which you'll see from time to time and from place to place. For example, the Sunrise Movement has adopted the GEMA's principles for democratic organizing. They are as follows. There are six of them. Number one, be inclusive. Number two, emphasis on bottom-up organizing as opposed to top-down organizing. Number three, let people speak for themselves as opposed to speaking for them. Number four, work together in solidarity and mutuality instead of backbiting and that kind of thing. Number five, build just relationships among ourselves. Number six, a commitment to self-transformation. 
So those are the Gemma's principles. And if you want to know more about them, just Google Gemma's principles for democratic organizing. And that'll come up. Or email info at theclimatereport.net if you would like for me to send you a link to that. Letter K. As President, Bernie will ensure that funding from the Green New Deal for parks and public lands are distributed equitably in urban, suburban, and rural areas. Superfund hazardous waste sites should be fully remediated instead of simply covered up to make urban parks. Well, that goes without saying that public parks should not be on top of hazardous waste sites, but not everything in our society is fair or just or rational, and we certainly have had one administration after another just to be completely bonkers when it comes to environmental justice or environmental sanity. Next item, letter L, as President Bernie will fully survey and track pollution in vulnerable communities. So there are ways of tracking pollution in vulnerable communities. There are tests that can be done. The question is whether the government is going to be behind or, you know, whether the government is going to make these things happen or whether the government's hands are tied because of business interests. But it says the EPA EnviroScreen. I looked it up, and I don't think there's an EPA EnviroScreen, but there's a California EnviroScreen under the California Department of Health and Environment. And uh, But the EnviroScreen is like a screening process or maybe a test. You know, If you've been exposed to toxic waste, then it's going to show up in your blood and your body fat and things like that. So you can be tested for... Uh, you know, unsafe levels of uh, toxins in the environment. And that should be done routinely. We should be in the business of protecting our citizens from environmental hazards. Instead, we protect, we quote-unquote protect uh, our people from foreign terrorist attack. We're protecting our people from the evil Russians, protecting our people from the evil Iranians, protecting our people from the evil dictator Nicolas Maduro in Venezuela. And th- none of those things are an actual threat to the American people, but environmental hazards and toxic waste are a threat to the American people. The reason we don't hear much about it is because it's not profitable for big business, but we need to stop making our decisions on the basis of what is or is not profitable for big business. So it says here that the EPA EnviroScreen will be enhanced to provide comprehensive information about cumulative environmental impacts. States will be required to report progress made on environmental justice every five years. Reporting requirements are good. Uh, you You can't do very much until you know your data. And we're talking about uh, 
reporting requirements so that we can assess the situation. You know, if our goal is to protect people, if our goal is to create a healthy environment in which people can live, work, and play, then we will get serious about this and we will provide rational processes for testing to see if people are being if people's lives are being shortened by exposure to toxic waste why is this even a controversy why are we even having this conversation and the reason is that before now most of our decisions have been made of by and for profit of by and for rich people of by and for the desire to accumulate wealth but there are better ways to make decisions it says here that traditionally under traditionally underrepresented communities will receive significant public education technical assistance and outreach as part of agency rulemakings and public commenting processes to elicit participation so why are we even talking about this why am i hart hagen even talking about this and it's because in america our minds are filled with so much crap from tv turn on a tv go to a bar that's just you know it's got cable tv and uh just look at what is being pushed and look at the crap that our minds are filled with and then ask yourself is this really what we should be talking about in a world where our very future is at risk should we not be politicized should we not be talking about how to create a better future for ourselves? It doesn't mean we have to be serious all the time, but it does mean we need to stop this uh, ridiculous process of letting cable TV fill our minds and our eyes with a bunch of commercial BS that doesn't count for anything at all. We need to make it fun to uh, to organize and educate and agitate those need to be fun processes we need to fill our minds with things that matter and we can have fun doing it but we need to stop letting commercial interests fill our minds with crap as if that's what's important turn on a, a, a tv during a football game or, or some kind of a sports game, and look at the crap that they try to sell you and ask yourself, what is the purpose of this? Now, it doesn't have to be that way. The commercial airwaves and the cable access could be entirely public access. And, and if there is any commercial, if there is any access to commercial interests, then they can pay us for that. But they don't pay us squat for the, uh, for the right to use our airwaves. These are our airwaves. These are our cable channels. And they don't pay us enough for the use of those cable channels or the internet, etc., it's this whole big thing. It goes back to the 1930s when a decision was made that the airwaves would not be for the benefit of 
the people who own the airwaves, that the airwaves would instead be for the benefit of commercial interest. And they don't pay us diddly for the right to use our airwaves or our cable channels or our internet platforms. Let's go on to the next letter, letter M. We will promote urban sustainability initiatives to improve the environmental and social conditions of low-income neighborhoods and communities of color without rendering those neighborhoods inaccessible for future residents of limited economic means. In other words, we're not going to allow a situation where the rents are raised out of reach for most people. Key word here is urban sustainability initiatives. We will promote urban sustainability initiatives. Next letter, as President Bernie will ensure the creation and implementation of the Green New Deal, ensure that the creation and implementation of the Green New Deal is accessible to people with disabilities and non-English speakers. This is about solidarity. Solidarity means you give a flying flip about the people in your community and you're not encouraged to be isolated or atomized, let alone hostile, to people in your community and people in your class. We should reach out and be encouraged to reach out and we should systematically reach out to people with whom we share a community, and we should be facilitated and empowered in the process of systematically reaching out to people of our class. Our class means the poor and the middle class. We should be encouraged to have solidarity and to reach out and to organize with people. Currently, our system does not encourage that. Currently, our system is designed around the needs and interests of corporations who want to sell us corporate products, corporate services, corporate entertainment, and corporate experiences. When our minds are filled with all those things, we cannot be effective citizens. That needs to change. It says here, all Publications will be in multiple languages, including Braille, and meetings will have language interpreters, including sign language, as appropriate. Letter O, it says, as President Bernie will create equitable hiring standards, we will ensure that all the funding that stems from the Green New Deal plan follows standards and guidelines to ensure jobs created by investing in infrastructure are jobs are available first to displaced workers, veterans, formerly incarcerated people, people with disabilities, and people from vulnerable communities. Those are called equitable hiring standards, and it applies to programs under the Green New Deal. Letter P, it says Bernie, or as President, Bernie will, uh, will provide for the following. Impacted communities, including tribes, will receive dedicated grant funding. It says you know, funding flows 
that flows from this plan will prioritize, to the greatest extent possible, communities on the front lines of fossil fuel extraction, transportation, and use, and the most vulnerable to climate impacts. So two groups we're talking about here. One is those that... Um, those communities that are on the front lines of fossil fuel extraction, transportation, and use, and also those most vulnerable to climate impacts. Those will be among the first to receive funding for projects under the Green New Deal. And it says funding will be prioritized for low-income communities, communities of color, people with varied abilities, tribes, rural communities, and community-based organizations and community development funds. Each agency involved in carrying out the Green New Deal will be required to coordinate with an interagency process to ensure local communities are involved in carrying out this plan. So one thing that I was thinking as I was reading this, I was thinking about it from the perspective of somebody who's skeptical. I was thinking about it from the perspective of somebody who has been trained to be suspicious of government. And I was thinking, what would that person be thinking? Maybe a libertarian, maybe a conservative. But that person is thinking, gosh, this, this, this could be a, a mess. We're trusting government to do all this stuff. What if funds are unequally allocated? What if there is something unfair about the process of allocating funds? And here is my response to that. Yes, it's an imperfect process, but are we going to have solidarity? Are we going to uh, support the people? Do we want, what, you know, what kind of country do we want? Do we want a country where government is minimized and where we all get run over like a steamroller by big business, especially vulnerable people get run over like a steamroller by big business? Why not take a risk on creating government programs? Have we been indoctrinated into the idea that government can't do anything? Well, I submit to you that there's no such thing as government. Anytime somebody says government this or government that, government is inept, government is incompetent, government is slow, and government is bureaucratic, for one thing, nobody believes that. Because people that say that can't give enough money to the Pentagon. You can't uh, be elected in, uh, in America unless you are just a jingoist fanatic that can't get, give enough money to the Pentagon. The Pentagon has an 80% approval rating, even though government has a low approval rating. Well, I've got news for you. The Pentagon is government. So we need to have a little bit more of a nuanced and refined way of thinking when it comes to government. Government is not one thing. It's many different things. Some things are good. Some things are very bad. And we need to exercise our critical thinking skills when it comes to deciding what can government do that is good and what does government do that's bad and don't let our attitudes and opinions be formed and shaped by the military industrial complex we need to get past this jingoistic uh, mind-numbed thinking uh, about you know military is government is bad but military is good 
Well, that's just stupid. I'm not saying you're stupid. I'm saying it's stupid thinking, and many people are duped into stupid thinking, and that needs to change. Letter Q under, as President Bernie will do the following things. The first two years of this plan will be spent very aggressively laying down a social safety net to ensure that no one is left behind. Because this plan is so comprehensive in ensuring we solve the climate crisis, we must prioritize establishing a social safety net in the first years of implementation of this plan. So why are we talking about laying down a social safety net to ensure that no one is left behind? Well, that's the concept of a just transition. That's what this whole section is about, a just transition. We're going to have to have a massive transition, and we want a just transition for like two or three reasons. One is it's the right thing to do. Number two, we need the support of people in order to move forward, we need the support of indigenous communities. We need the support of people of color. We need the support of working people. Uh, you can go on. We need the support of people who live in communities that have been desperately impacted by fossil fuel uh, use or may be desperately impacted in the future because, you know, if you live on a coastline, then you're going to be impacted as soon as those sea levels start to rise. So we want to do it because it's the right thing. We want a just transition because it's the right thing, but also because we need the support of people who are involved. So it says that we're going to have a social safety net, and part of that is energy assistance. So we've got energy assistance, and one other thing, let's read through those. The energy assistant says, while we do not expect energy prices to spike because of the federal government, because the federal government is going to weatherize homes, electrify heating, and keep electricity prices stable, we still want to ensure that families are protected during the transition. Therefore, we will expand the low income home energy assistance program. L-I-H-E-A-P, by $25 billion to help low-income families pay their heating and cooling bills. Additionally, the program will be expanded to provide 10% of the program costs for maintenance of new efficient heating and cooling uh, systems of technical assistance for the installation and use of new finance, new furnaces, heat pumps, boilers, and other upgrades for the duration of the 10-year transition. So this is a 10-year transition. Another thing that's going on here is this is talking about energy assistance. And one part of energy assistance is what's called building efficiency retrofitting, which means smart thermostats. It also means weatherization. It can also mean passive solar, but it means doing what it takes to lower the energy usage that it is required to, to heat and cool homes and to provide hot water, etc. The next item is that we're going to ensure a hunger-free transition. 
Because the cost of energy and food are so intertwined, we will provide $215 billion for free universal school meals, including breakfast, lunch, and snacks. Why does any child ever have to go without breakfast, lunch, or dinner in the United States of America, the richest country that has ever existed? It says here, we will expand the Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program, SNAP, by $300 billion to increase the benefits from the Thrifty Plan, which provides inadequate benefits, to the more generous low-cost food plan. Include those with incomes up to 200% of the federal poverty line. Remove punitive work requirements. Remove barriers for college students to access SNAP. And ensure people are not denied benefits due to past interaction with the criminal justice system. Why would you deny people benefits on the basis of a criminal record? For one thing, criminal records are sometimes bogus. People are put in jail because of trumped-up charges and who never got the right to a fair trial. Oh, look at the time. Time has gotten away from me. So um, that's going to be all. Email info at theclimatereport.net. If you have any questions, have a great day.